So we normally ha- start the podcast with a uh, quote. I didn't prepare a quote. <laughs> I mean, we could use part of a quote that uh, came from an Amazon re- re- Oh, my God. Amazon re- review. review. You can just edit that out, right? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> it's, it's all staying. Mm. Everything up to this point. The review, the very first part of it is um, they called it cheesetastic trash fun. Uh, I'd say that's pretty apt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it kind of sounds like they're making an excuse for it, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's still fun, even if it's not good. <laughs> Which may be because everybody remembers it from their childhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, here's the intro music. Yeah. <laughs> After many months of break, to Watchers on the Couch, Castle Rock, featuring myself, Chris Nays, and Debbie Hodges. Debbie Hodges. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. Yeah? I'm tired. You're tired. Mm -hmm. I spent a wonderful night at work last night. I know. Um, I don't know why I'm saying I'm tired. I just slept. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is kind of prime time for me to do stuff right after work like when my brain can now function normally outside of work environment you know you get in that work brain where it's just like i'm doing a thing i'm doing Mm -hmm. a thing you're not really thinking you're just doing uh but now i get to do something fun after work and you get to think and i get to think about stuff (laughs) that i actually like or (laughs) sort of not like Mm -hmm. We'll, we'll get to that Today, we are not covering Castle Rock because new season has not started. Nope. That will come later. Uh, at some point, undetermined as of yet. But uh, towards the end of the first season, we discussed kind of what Stephen King stuff we should do in the off time. Mm-hmm. And we sort of came to the conclusion that one that would be fun to cover is the miniseries It from 1990. Yes. Now... Um, In preparation for also the new It right. coming out later this year. Yeah, I think it's coming out in part. the summer, right? Is that yeah, right? sometime. It's sooner, I thought, than the last one. Maybe. I don't know if they even said an actual date yet, but uh, we're both excited for that mm-hmm. because the... Chapter one of that, I get, or was it part one? I, I think, can't remember what they said. I think it's chapter one. I don't know. But uh, that was great. It was amazing. I actually only ever saw it once. Oh, really? Yeah, so I'm going to probably have to borrow that Blu-ray from you. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, we saw it in theaters, and then yeah. when it came out on DVD, we bought it mm-hmm. and watched it, and then watched all the boner features. Which were amazing. So I recommend watching all the extras. Oh, yeah. I love bonus features, by the way. Yeah. So. And so, and they're great. And the kids are just so adorable. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it's so funny because, like, they just never see Bill. Yeah. Skarsgård. Right. You know, like, the whole time they're just talking about how, like, they never see him. Yeah. Until, like, the big reveal. 
So we're going to mention, we're definitely going to have to mention the new movie, mm-hmm. the one that we've already seen of the, of the two in the series. Um, because in comparison, it, you kind of have to mention it now that everybody sort of knows. <clears throat> well, because everybody's comparing them now. Yeah. As they're, you should. They're like what the miniseries could have been. <laughs> Had is, it not been on like ABC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with it. But uh, we're going to cover both parts of the miniseries here today. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely not going to be like the Castle Rock shows, though, because we're not going to go through scene by scene. No. That would take way too long. Yeah, it would take six hours because the movie's three. The movie, yeah, the movie's three altogether, and you know how we like to kind of pick things apart. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's not happening. But what we're going to do is kind of just go through it, mention stuff that we liked, stuff that we disliked, specific scenes that we're into. Um, and uh, I think that's kind of the plan, right? Uh-huh. I wrote down a lot of things that made me laugh. Okay, yeah, me too, because... <laughs> It gets kind of ridiculous. Um, it's cheesetastic fun. But we both did take notes, mm-hmm. so I feel like we're just going to progress through the movies. As, did you take them like linearly, linearly? Yes. Okay, I don't know if that's a word or not, but I just made it one. Yes. Um, so, if you are listening and you haven't watched uh, It Parts 1 and 2 from 1990, very easily available online, I believe... Right now, or at least whenever I watch this, it was on YouTube for a couple of dollars. It's also on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Uh, you can go, most likely, if you live in a city of any kind, you <laughs> can go to the library and request it. Or if they can't get it, you can go to your local Walmart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my viewing experience consisted of borrowing the original DVD version from Jimmy. Then I requested it from the library because I thought it was their Blu-ray. Which they do have a Blu-ray right. of. I, I found I, that yeah, out yeah, after. I, I found that out too. So at the library, they had the exact same DVD copy <laughs> from, I guess it came around probably like late 90s or Yeah, whenever 2000. DVDs were coming right. out. Yeah, and they were re-releasing. Because it's like the old school version with the flap on the side. Mm, mm-hmm. Like you click it open. Yeah. And then you have to flip the disc over to watch the second part. I had to flip mine too, but I didn't yeah. have that kind of cover. I have a new oh. cover art. It was like re-released. So, yeah. So the library version also had a different, like, had the same stuff on the back, but it was just, like, ordered differently. Yeah. It was weird. You know, there's so many different versions of DVDs that collectors get, like, really into that. Like, yeah. weird versions that you can find overseas and all kinds of stuff like that. But... The library and the Jimmy version were different from each other, but the features on them, exactly the same. And the layout of the DVD, mm-hmm. uh, menu screens and everything is exactly the same. That great music. Yeah. And I actually did listen to both directors' commentary. So I went all the oh, way. Oh, damn. Yeah. You went all in. Uh, because we got Sonomageddon here, mm-hmm. and that left me plenty of time to do that. So without further ado, I feel like we've done enough of a preamble and you, you did you did uh you did say this but it is worth mentioning again mm. if you do get the dvds of it make mm. sure you are flipping the disc halfway through yeah because it's going to end in a bathroom scene and you're gonna be like that's it yeah it's not it's not there's it. still like another hour and a half exactly. but it just can't all fit on one side yeah well it couldn't then <laughs> right 
Actually, I don't know if still DVDs How can... How many VHS tapes would this movie have taken? It, would it be... Because Titanic was three. I No, it was two. It was no, two. Two VHS. So, I don't remember... Um, but I'm gonna guess that it was only two because it didn't could have any you, extras. Did not sit on that. Thank you. <laughs> Should we start cat interruptions again? Because Venom is the cat's trying to sit on my donut. He's smelling your chocolate milk too. <laughs> That's coffee, actually. Oh, right. Okay. It's big into coffee. Would you not lick my coffee? Oh boy, jerk. So, um, yeah, definitely watch both parts and then unpause the podcast and start it. Again, now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's get into this, shall okay. we? Part one. I wrote it, otherwise known as my worst nightmare. So, okay, yeah, we should actually mention that um, if we've watched this in the intervening years between childhood and now. So when I was a kid, I watched this for the first time, a little bit of it, at my grandma's house. She lives out in the country, mm-hmm. uh, and she would just throw on whatever for us. You know, rated R movies, anything. Good, good. You know, right? Yeah, great grandparenting. Um, it definitely scarred me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I mentioned, you know, when we were doing Castle Rock, that I would literally drive around sewer openings mm-hmm. on my bike, like not anywhere close to them. Well, yeah, you don't want to get sucked in. Yeah, and I didn't ever really have a fear of clowns. I don't think we went to the circus when I was a kid, but like. I definitely like don't really like clowns. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a clown person. No. <laughs> so it potentially had something to do with that. But I had not watched it since then. Mm-hmm. Um aside from the new movie or whatever. Um I maybe caught it on cable when I was in like junior high school or high school maybe. Yeah. But I don't remember it. Um but I definitely have an aversion to this movie. I don't really I, 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 you stayed away. I didn't watch it on purpose. Right. You know, for a long time until we had reason to. Mm-hmm. And um, just thinking about it, my memory of it, I could sort of already tell it was not going to age well, which is why another reason I didn't watch it. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I, I had seen scenes on YouTube and stuff. There's some obviously. movies that you just don't want to ruin for your childhood. Whether yeah. Whether it scared you or not. Yeah. Like, you know. I haven't watched The Goonies in a really long time because I have very fond memories of it. I don't want to we spoil them. We just watched it. It's still pretty cute. Okay. It's it's cheesy, but it's still pretty cute. Isn't that a Spielberg movie too? I think so. I believe it is. So yeah. like, you almost can't spoil yeah. that. No, I mean. Um, so you know the later Indiana, the third Indiana Jones movie. I remember liking uh, as a kid. That one doesn't age as well. It's no. sort of like all comedy. Um, but anyway, uh, what was your experience so, watching it? <laughs> Um, so what's funny is I watched it, um, at my mom's friend's house. Her daughter was watching me. Mm -hmm. So my mom's friend's daughter, who wasn't that much older than me. And I would say I was probably 10, Mm -hmm. I think, because it came out, what, 1990? Yep. Yeah. So I think I was, I think I was 10 when I watched it or around that age. And I still like it. Where she lived are like some of the back roads around here, and mm. anytime I pass that road, I immediately think of watching that movie. Really, like it's such like a a main thing, you know, in my head that is just like, bam, that road. I watch that movie down that road. Yeah, it's imprinted. Yeah, and yeah. and it has been like all my life now. Like yeah. anytime I drive past there, I think about that movie, and how this girl, 
who was my friend, tortured me with this movie and made me watch it. And then I locked myself in the bathroom because I was so scared. And then outside the door, she was saying, Debbie, help me. Help me, Debbie. Freaking me out even more, which gave me this very awesome OCD about bathrooms yes yeah like, you've told me that before I yeah think. i've told everybody because it's so stupid <laughs> what it did i i could not um i could not go to sleep at night without making sure the drain in my sink was closed without making sure um the toilet seat cover was completely closed mm-hmm. and without you know making sure my shower was intact wow like every night i had to make sure all of those things were good in my bathroom yeah all the way through high school wow well i mean Better safe than sorry, right? I What's what, I? You know, I guess blood is going to come out of there. I don't know what I thought was coming <laughs> out of there. I thought something was. It it scarred me. Yeah, and gave me. Uh, so some... did you not watch it in the many no, years? No, I didn't watch it at all. Yeah, I was like, fuck that movie. Did you own it? No, I didn't so, want anything to do with it. How did you procure it to watch it uh, this time? Yeah. Oh, because when the new one came out, then we bought the original. Oh, okay. So. Did you watch it when you bought it then? We watched half of it, mm-hmm. and we couldn't get through it. Okay. For Why did you not watch the rest of it? Did you just get tired, or? Well, when we when we bought it, it was, be- it was when we just moved in here, and we didn't have cable yet, so yeah. we were downstairs watching it, and I think it was just late, because we were already, yeah. like, you know, an hour and a half into it, which felt like a regular movie, uh-huh. and, and then we still had, like, another two hours ago. Yeah, you had a whole so, other night of watching. But we just never went back to it. Yeah. And the whole time we watched it, we were just like, oh man. So it's kind of fresh for you too. Yeah. It, this was, what's great about not watching it for so long is it, I'll give it that, is that it was a totally fresh new experience for me. I um, mean, I remembered everything as it was happening, sure, you know? yeah. But I've definitely seen the new part one of it more times than I've seen the yeah. original. Because the original scared me so badly, I never yeah. wanted to see it. Well, I'll say that uh, upon this rewatch, I was definitely not scared. I was scared. not scared yeah. at all. This this is actually not a very <laughs> scary watching experience. No. It's a um, very bright movie. Yeah. Uh, it, it, was a, it has a strange feeling to it. That I didn't remember feeling like when I watched it, you know, many years ago. But mm-hmm. let's let's start from the beginning, shall we? Okay. Um, first thing I note is the stark difference between TV uh, shows and miniseries then mm-hmm. to where TV is now. Because oh TV now takes a lot of chances. They can kind of do whatever they want on TV now. Mm-hmm. And you could tell Depending that on the time of night, yeah, yeah it's airing. But you could tell the limitations are put on this interpretation of the book. Yes. Um, I recently read the entire book. Um, you know, not really in preparation for this podcast necessarily, but just because I had never read it and I had a lot of spare time on my hands. So I'm like, I'm going to check it out. You know, it's one of his seminal works. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, the I I wrote down that there is significantly less money and quality actors and uh, soundtrack in this. That music, oh my god! The I mean, so the sound. Let's just mention the soundtrack right off the bat. Yeah, there's a little bit of everything in the soundtrack. There's a little bit of symphony, like ish stuff, and then the rest of it sort of sounds like a Casio keyboard. Yeah. 
Uh, it's definitely super dated, the soundtrack. Like, yes. very much of its time. I feel like the entire thing is of its time. Oh, for sure. Um, But in TV of that time, you got less quality. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like this movie, the difference between movies and TV was such for several years that that people in movies didn't never wanted over. to go to TV. Yeah, you didn't And people over. in TV really wanted to go to movies mm-hmm. so that they could escape this uh, world of less quality, I think. Yep, I totally agree. <laughs> so I feel like uh, the, this sort of, in a general sense, suffers of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have well-known actors. They they're well. It's peppered with well-known yeah. actors. Some of them, not so much. You know, like I feel like the the kid actors were. I'm mean, and as kid actors kind of are anyway. They're not really well. The only two kid actors that were well-known were Jonathan Brandis, mm-hmm. who killed himself when he was twenty-seven. Oh, so really? No Wait, around. okay. Yeah. So which one is that? Jonathan Brandis. That's Bill. Okay. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know he killed himself. That's yeah. crazy. Because well, because we were looking it up the other night because he was on Sequest. Yeah, he was, was the also in the, sh- in the movie Sidekicks with Chuck Norris. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's what the, how I mainly remembered him. Yeah, which is so and like a weird you know reference, but well, I knew he had killed himself a long time ago, and I didn't realize he was part of the Twenty Seven Club, but he hung himself. Wow. Yeah. Didn't know that. And well, uh, I don't know if you're about to mention Seth Green. Yeah, and Seth Green was the other kid that was. And this is before he was known, though. No, but he was still a child actor. Like, he had sure. been in lots of stuff before that. Like, he was in My Stepmom's an Alien. Yeah. He was that's in. Right. Um, he actually had a famous commercial of some kind back then. Yeah, he was in Can't Buy Me Love. Yeah. His little brother. Like, he had done a lot of stuff. Sure. But this is still very early in his. Yeah. You know, um, in but his he's. Career. I mean, he's. Probably the most famous person that came out of I mean, besides, um, shit. John Ritter. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. John Ritter is definitely a high point of this movie, I mm-hmm. feel like. I didn't realize how much he was rocking that beard, man. Like, oh, yeah, totally. He was yeah, looking totally. kind of fine in this. Uh, also, the guy that plays Richie, um, mm-hmm. I gotta find... He was on something on a TV show. Yes. Um... I'm trying to see. It wasn't see. Night Court, was it? Yes, it was. Oh he, my God! Was he it? played uh, Judge. Uh, That's right. I think Judge Harry. That's right. I want to say. Oh my God! So I love he's super Night famous Court. for that. He was in a bunch of other stuff too, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where I wrote that down, but it'll be somewhere. And then the guy who plays um, Mike Hanlon, he was on Sister Sister. Yes, he was. I, he is dead. I remembered him from that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So those are kind of the. The general overview of people who we know, you know, our, it's weird. Our kind of references would be different people that watch that this in 1990 who were adults. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they would know John River from Three's Company. Right. We, I mean, I don't know about you, but I never watched any Three's Company really. Um, I was big into TV land when I was yeah. younger, so I watched Three's Company. John Ritter was also in the chi- uh, Problem uh, Child Problem Child movie, yeah. so I remember from that. Yeah. Uh, but he's great. I mean, he's just a, a super well-known, mm-hmm. just great actor. So they scored some good people for these. And I and from the commentary, you know, some of these people are in there. John Ritter's heavily featured in the commentary. Mm-hmm. And he talks about being a super huge Stephen King fan Aww. and makes references and stuff. But we'll get to that later. That's cute. Um, so I did want to mention generally that the scenes... 
seem really fast. Mm-hmm. Like, since you're reading the book, you know that Gosh, they, Stephen King out. takes his time. Yeah. You know, this is a he, long book. So he kind of has, he gets flowery sometimes. And um, Fla- so, oh, he spent an entire, okay, so I'm reading it on my phone. So it's a little screen that I'm yeah. reading it on it. But he spent three pages of yeah. me swiping, describing all the medication yeah. that was in um, Eddie, right? Eddie? Yeah. yeah. In Eddie's uh, um bathroom yeah, yeah in his in his cabinet in his bathroom right three fucking pages well, see, telling you what every single item was yeah, and oh, i was totally. like i don't need to know this stephen <laughs> king like i'm skimming now like i don't need to know this well but what's great about having that extra time that they don't have in this clearly like mm-hmm. yes you have three hours but three hours in a thousand page book is that those don't equal each other yeah so he gets tons of time to fully realize all of these characters and there's a lot of them Mm -hmm. so um that i feel like suffers and it's that makes this suffer a little bit and it's it's okay but when you're comparing the two in your head while you're watching it you are without even thinking about it you're just like okay well that's not the same and Mm -hmm. this is the same and this isn't the same I'll be so, I'll be interested to see what characters in the books are kind of main players that just never make it into the movie. Yeah, because so far there's several. Well, but I don't know if they're going to come back to them. You most know? of the main players are are in the are also in this. Okay, so it's version, just the kids, but to varying extents though. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, and I'll talk about that as well as we go through. Um, I did also mention that some parents come across as loving in this movie. There's a couple scenes where, you know, parents of certain kids are like, they actually give a shit about the Mm -hmm. kids. But in the book, almost none of them are this way. No. Pretty much the entire town, whether they're friends or they're family members or whoever, acquaintances, uh, they're non-existent in the lives of the kids or they turn away when shit is going wrong, mm-hmm. which they actually feature a little bit of that in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's the, made clear like that curse. no one cares. Right. You know, like the kids are almost literally in their own world, mm-hmm. you know, while there's sort of like this mask put over the yeah. town. A curse is literally, like you said, over the town. The kids are making adult decisions because the adults are just turning a blind eye. Yeah. So... Um, we also, before we decided we were going to do this, that we kind of were with this sort of plan going in so this wouldn't get too long um, when I thought we were going to be pressed for time, uh, was to just pick our favorite scenes and talk about those, and that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. But I think we're going to not do that, and we're just going to go through, and I'll talk about scenes when we get to them. You know that, And I think you wrote down some scenes, too. Mm-hmm. So um, here's the first example of that. Uh, ben, Bill, and Eddie meet in the Barrens. Uh, we see the Bowers gang, and they they kind of chase. Uh, who do they chase in there? Ben. Is it Ben? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, they kind of the Bowers gang sort of goes away, and we see sort of the beginnings of a great friendship. You know, uh, sort of the start of the Losers Club. Mm-hmm. Um, but differences in this is that you already see that this is going to be a way less violent version than the book um you know spoilers for the book but they carve 
you know, they try to carve Henry's name. Henry tries to carve his name into his stomach. He gets mm-hmm. an H. Uh, and they don't even show that. They don't. Yeah, that doesn't even literally doesn't even happen. He just hides in the. Well, they really don't show any death. Right. Too it, much. I mean, all yeah. it is is like. It's a pretty tame version of. Yeah, you the see story. a lot of teeth on Pennywise, and then close up of his face, like yeah, turning towards you, like, and then you hear screaming, and then and then lifeless body. Yeah, that's kind of like all that you get of scary Pennywise mm-hmm. is close ups of his face, teeth. And uh, scary sequences with balloons and, um, you know, blood on people's faces. I was surprised how how much he isn't in the movie. That's I mean, because like your memory of it is like he was super scary. Yeah, it was all up in it. Like the whole time I was closing my eyes and and there's a lot of kids are impressionable, I guess, because I apparently filtered out all the boring stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, there's a lot of boring stuff. Um. So, yeah, so it says uh, here, stick to flashing back from adulthood to memories that are very fragmented. So that's kind of how we tell the story in the first part is that, and that is kind of how he tells in the book is like, we go from uh, past events Mm -hmm. to present events. So already we have a sort of different timeline than the book completely. Stephen King is a man who loves his flashbacks. Yeah. And his jumbled timelines yeah but he does it well though you know mm-hmm. i th- that's the he does not write in a straight line though right there's the no... whole espe- well especially this book it's the whole first part which is a big chunk mm-hmm. is these kind of sequences where they go back and you see how it's affected them in their later life mm-hmm. and you get a like i said a more fully realized version of these characters that you definitely don't get in this version mm-hmm it's tv sanitized stephen (laughs) king uh so um obviously already you could tell i'm not really enjoying (laughs) from the start i'm kind of not enjoying it so the very first kill in the movie kill um i it made me laugh so hard because when they zoom in on the mom when she comes back outside and the tricycle bike or whatever Mm -hmm. like wheel is spinning and they zoom in on her, and she makes this laugh. And I just love how, like, there's so much, like, grabbing of the face, yeah. you know, and just, like, the horror. But it, I was laughing so hard. And I was, like, the first part, like, you know, one of the first things you see in the movie, and I was like, oh, this isn't going to be good. Yeah. It set the tone for the rest of the movie for Yeah, me. the tone is pretty, it's, it's established pretty early, kind of, what this is going to be. And, you know, the acting, the TV acting of that time is just it's very it's it's very limited all the way around mm-hmm. you know and the soundtrack isn't helping either no because that because in horror movies that's super important oh yeah the music you know is I mean? very important yeah it tells you when you're supposed to be super scared exactly like, and when it's a casio keyboard i don't care what is going on on the screen it's not scary it's not scary it's a casio keyboard it's weird um so Next scene I wanted to mention is the Beverly bathroom scene, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, the gurgly blood voice of Pennywise, you'll die if you try. Um, I definitely, I liked that um, as much as I could like it, I mm-hmm. guess. You know, uh, so that's one that stuck out anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you could, I could see how you would have been scared of that as a kid. Because uh, 
because I guess you're supposed to be seeing it from Beverly's point of view, right? You know, like as a kid, would you be scared? I would freak if the a fuck fucking out. if a giant blood stain uh, thing burst all over the room and then continued to burst. Yeah, but then nobody <laughs> else sees it, and she's yeah. continually horrified. Right. You know. So what if you were that person and you're seeing blood everywhere and nobody's seeing it? I would be fucking scared too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would run from my bathroom. Like so, when I was yeah. done in there at night, like I bolted. Yeah. So in that sense, yes, I would be scared of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching this was not. Not at all. No. Um. So then we go to Eddie. Well, I sort of skipped around and just wrote down things that I mentioned. So if you, if anything happens in between these that you want to mention, just throw it in there well i was really sad that they in the new movie they don't say beep beep richie do they i don't remember i don't think they do and i was really disappointed yeah because i felt like that was like that was just such a memorable part of this yeah. movie was the beep beep richie it's a through line yeah and of then, his character yeah and then it's also something that pennywise throws back in his face yep you know like and yep. in the library mm-hmm when he's taunting him. Oh, okay. Hold on. Okay. okay. <laughs> so you mentioned the library? Yeah. <clears throat> I was so pissed off at their lack of detail in the library. Yeah. Because you see um, Mike Hanlon in the library and he's making the phone calls. But then you see behind him bookshelves uh-huh. that supposedly have the Dewey Decimal numbers on the spine or on the end cap to show but you. they're like, not in order. So they wrote child care 500 and then pregnancy 720 and i was like what the fuck that's not no child care is 649 <laughs> okay and pregnancy is 618 and this is standardized across the board it's dewey is yeah i okay. mean if you're doing the dewey decimal which is what they're doing because if they were doing library of congress they have letters in there okay and it's a totally different system and yeah. it fucks with me anytime yeah. i go to a library that has it because i'm like what the so we should mention to listeners if they don't know Debbie, uh, you you work at a library. I work in so a library. That's how you remember all this for the past eighteen years, right? Um, yeah. So, and then later on, they show another set of numbers, and I was like, "No, <laughs> no, it's not. This is not yeah, right." Yeah, because they go back to the library later. Yeah. Oh, um, what was it? I don't know, but I was very uh, upset. Oh, they said. I don't remember. But yeah, 720 is for house plans, yeah. like floor plans, <laughs> and 500 is science. So 500 is not childcare, and 720 is not pregnancy. I love I love when movies have these things in the background oh that like, God. they're like, oh no, nobody will Nobody will notice. Will notice. <laughs> Except for everyone who's ever been in the library. Hello. Yeah. So do not go by their Dewey numbers. Yeah. Like if you're thinking, oh, hey, now I know where pregnancy is in the library. No, yeah, you no, don't. Well, I have a pretty sneaking suspicion that nobody's ever watched this movie and was like, oh, I'll go check out that <laughs> from just, just purely watching this. It was this. just such a poor misrepresentation of the library. Yeah. But, the, I mean, you got to think, like, in movies, they're not going to go and label everything perfectly in the background. Cause they didn't it's... label anything perfectly because other bookshelves, and I didn't write <laughs> it down, were also wrong. Maybe they're so just, wrong. like, blank. Yeah, they didn't have to put anything. All they had to put was, like, Pregnancy. Oh, yeah. If it's in the background, it can just be jumbled. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't need to. Yeah. So anyway, um, now that we're off of that sticking point, uh, 
Let's see. Eddie's childhood sequence is much different. Uh, Losers Club attacks the gang. Um, I'm not sure what this means, but I wrote shower scene question mark. Oh, yeah. Uh, the showers grew and started attacking him. Yeah. that Does that not happen? I don't think that happens in the book. Is that right? Uh, I did it, not read that. I no. was going to say, no. That Okay. So I, they just made that up. I haven't gotten there yet, but I don't. I don't believe that that's in the book, but, uh, you know, corrections department. Send us a text or something. But it was so weird because it's like the shower poles just like started coming out of the wall, you know, like the mounts and got so long and then they got so heavy. So they're like wobbling. Yeah. And I could just imagine like guys on the other end, like trying really hard not to hit this kid in the head, you know, (laughs) with shower heads. It was pretty goofy. It wasn't scary. And then also he was not scared. Like, wouldn't you be scared if shower heads were growing like six feet in length and coming out and attacking you? Well, it seems he was more scared of showering in general. Yeah. And the only (laughs) time he got his asthma attack is when Pennywise came up from the ground. I'm like, I would have been fucking scared before that. Yeah. When the shower heads were attacking me. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I don't know. Just it's just goofy. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing is working. It's just if it's supposed to be scary, I I don't know if so. If, I want somebody to message us if they were scared by this movie because it's so as clearly adult, not scary. As an adult, yeah, it's so clearly not. Because I'm sure if I showed it to Dexter, because he's so oh my god, he wants to watch Penny. He wants to watch these movies so bad. Well, I'm the sure new if, one is legit scary. Oh, yeah, I'm not showing him that. Yeah, um, that would freak him out probably. Well, he's only seen one. Or no, he's I've let, I've let him see two scenes of the new Pennywise movie, yeah. or it movie, I should say. Um, and it was things where Pennywise the clown is on the screen, but he's not doing anything creepy. And so I'd like be like, Dexter, come in here. And I'd pause it. Yeah. And I'm like, look, it's Pennywise. And he's like, cool. And then he'd just stand there. I'm like, all right, go away now and go away. <laughs> and then I'd unpause it. And then, you know, like Pennywise is killing people again, yeah. you know, but I'm like, there you go. You saw the movie. Ripping children's arms off. Right. <laughs> Good Lord. But when you pause it, just the right moment, you know, he's not as scary. Yeah. Um, okay. So. But I have a feeling this original would petrify him i'm sure uh it'd at least be more appropriate for you to show him this version i would say Mm -hmm. show him the sanitized version let him get a little bit older and then see the really scary stuff but uh so uh next note i had is that bowers definitely doesn't have a threatening look at all no he just looks like a little kid he looks like a little greaser well (laughs) but yeah but he's like they're supposed to be in uh I don't know about it in the book, but I guess in this movie, they're supposed to be in late grade school or early middle school. Yeah, because they they, right? they, they're like 12. Yeah. So, but but Henry Bowers has failed a whole bunch. So and he's greasers, older. I feel like we're like in high school. That, yeah. Like, so it just doesn't his look with the with the leather jacket and stuff. It doesn't seem like something you would pick up in grade school. Mm-hmm. So it looks unnatural on him to me. And he just doesn't come like, across as scary. Their gang is not scary. They're a few. They're little kids. Like he's trying to be um, Danny Zuko from yeah. Greece. Yeah, <laughs> and he and d- even Danny Zuko's like ten years older than him. He was like thirty playing a high yeah. schooler, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, they're the gang's not scary. No. They don't attempt to carve anything in anybody. So they're I believe they're portrayed as even younger in the book. But if they're kids stabbing people because they're fucking crazy because they live in this town, mm-hmm. that's more acceptable and is actually scary because mm-hmm. they're kids with knives. Stab, yeah. Yes, stabby, getting stabby. stabby. And, um, you know, they're legitimately threatening in the book. So, 
Um, the, uh, okay, so I already mentioned the soundtrack, so we're going to move past that. Um, oh, I also absolutely hate Bill's ponytail. I hated it oh, when I watched it so when is I that was a, wig? a kid. I don't know. I it, think I feel so. like it's a wig. It looks terrible, and it bothers me. If it isn't a wig, it just looks so bad. bad. It's so bad. Yeah. And I remember when I watched it when I was little and thinking, that's just the worst thing in the world. Well, see, this is coming out of the 80s. So guys bad. with ponytails and guys with mullets was definitely a thing. Oh, my God. It was so bad. So, um, I, you know, I got one. <laughs> Yeah, but do you do you get like a string and then like tie a bow in the back? Oh no. Is that how like you hold it together? <laughs> I mean it seems like his is kinda girly looking. Yeah. It's so you're right. Girly. Um and then he that, comes across as feminine. That in thing this, on his face. I'm not sure. Mole. Yeah, I'm not sure if he had it or I if Jonathan had, Brandis had it. Because one of them really has it and then the other one had to have it for, you know, continuity purposes. Well, it's the the older guy. The older guy really has it because really they, they, they put it on Jonathan Brandis yeah, too. Right. Um, yeah. He do, Jonathan Brandis did not have a mole as far as no, I, I know so. on his face anyway. I don't know about the rest of him. So. Yeah, <laughs> but I it's just, weird. There's nothing about adult Bill that I like. The mole wasn't that distracting to me though, because I was more trying to take in all the other craziness that's happening, which it's chock full of. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I wrote that the rock fight is so bad that it's great. Oh, my God. Uh, I know. Why wouldn't the bullies pick up rocks and throw them back? Well, but see. Because they got kicked. Because uh, uh, Ben Hanscom kicked yeah. the one guy in the butthole. Yeah. And then he, they all got scared and he ran away. Yeah. Because he legit kicks them in the butthole. Right. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> but, the, like, in the book, they legit hit each other very hard with rocks. Like, yeah. where they're bloodied. And they get injured in the fight. Well, and they kind of do that in the new movie. Like, they're, yeah, they're um, all right. sides are throwing rocks. You got the kid with the anthrax stuff on, and yeah, <laughs> it's more set in the eighties than the new one. So, but uh, but yeah, like, there's again, there's no d- sense of danger no. on either side in this. It looks like a rock fight I would have had as a kid because you don't actually like. In the creek by our house, it would happen once in a while where the kids from the trailer park and the kids from our neighborhood mm-hmm. will get into scuffles. We wouldn't legitimately be trying to hit each other with rocks. We were, it was like a game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, so when I was younger, my neighbor, um, <laughs> my neighbor, there was a girl and a boy. Okay. And I was friends with the girl, but her brother was older than us by like two years, I think. Um, and they had a gravel driveway and their driveway was the bus stop, which was stupid because I had to walk like one house over. I was yeah. like, oh, um, but I'd go over there. Well, her, her and her brother like fought all the time and he threw a rock at her and hit her on the head. And it was a rock like as big as my hand. You yeah. Know? Sizable. Yeah. And threw it at her head and cracked her skull open. Oh my God. See, that's Henry Bowers. Yeah. That's a guy in like in the book. Who and is, this is the kid who was a good kid, straight A student. Like he just got mad at his sister and threw a rock at her, and just it just happened to hit her in the head. Like he's not yeah. like a vicious person. Like yeah. he's grown up, you know, and he's totally normal and fine or whatever. But like kids just get out of control sometimes, right? When, but not when, in not, this movie, yeah. apparently. And that wouldn't happen today, by the way, because parents sit at the bus stop with their kid. That never happened when I was a kid. We never had a parent anywhere around. No, oh no, no. Um and. We were fine. I 
Like, I'm not trying to, you know, down parents of today or anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. you do you. But uh, as far as, like, kids of that, of this generation, you know, that is represented in this, in well, this we- movie, they're supposed to be from the 50s. Yeah. Um, you know, she can get out of control. <laughs> so, and even up till your friend. Yeah. In, uh, we were, like, the last of the generations oh, that yeah. had such little parental super yeah totally supervision um it's definitely not a thing that would happen today no but apparently um, people are much more grabby of children i don't know like much much more (laughs) kidnappy the the (laughs) it's really the ramping up of the fear everything of the social media yeah yeah. well media across the board Mm -hmm. like 24-hour news is shoved it in your face so often that kids get kidnapped that you're thinking it happens My kid every is minute yeah. definitely going to get kidnapped oh heck yeah yeah uh so anyway let's get off of that but not in the 50s in the 50s yeah. the kids the 50s. just roamed around and they beat each other with rocks yeah um okay so as i kind of mentioned before there's very few lengthy monologues or scenes um with just a couple of characters where they get to flesh out who these people are, you mostly get big group scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is sped up to where it feels unnatural. Um, I wrote, I need more character development. <laughs> um, and I feel like part of the problem is the screenplay because it's vastly different timeline, as I already mentioned before. They mm-hmm. Shit is all shifted around. It's way different. Mm-hmm. Um and when we're watching this after no, the knowledge of the book, it we're always thinking about that. Mm-hmm. So my judgment of this version is way is heightened because I know how good the book was, right? You know, and the book actually like touches you because you know what it's like to grow up as a kid mm-hmm. and have crazy shit go on and there's no parents around. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So and that's kind of the point is like the book is. Telling you the importance of friendship and what it means to you when you're a kid and how all of that kind of goes away when you're an adult eventually, but um, the memories are still there mm-hmm. um, and how important those memories are and that kind of thing. And I feel like all that's sort of absent from this. There's a little bit of kind of hearkening back to that, like when they have the dinner scene and stuff like that. But but it's so weird. Like the way they they pet Bev you know, as adults, like uh-huh. the interactions of them as adults oh, felt yeah. so unnatural I got to me. big problems with Bev's character in the, in the TV version. Well, I just didn't like how she, like they haven't seen each other in forever, you know, like mm. since they were kids and they hadn't even thought about each other really since they were kids. Well, the, the curse kind of affects them when they leave the town. Yeah, but they, but then they, they come together and I don't know. It just was a very weird dynamic between all of them. Well, yeah. See the... And I really, really did not like how they kept petting her. Yeah. And like, she was all over each. All I don't know. I didn't like... She's... It. Well, so there's a couple of different things. I mean, I know that. what she did with them in the books. Yeah. There's... <laughs> but it doesn't make sense in this movie. Because no. Because they don't show any of that. So in the movie, it just sort of happens. And they're together, mm-hmm. and they all are best of friends again. Um, in the book, he King very much establishes that there is this curse. Mm-hmm. 
and when they come back to town and the power of them being together and you'll find that out as you because you're in the process of reading it right now mm-hmm. i don't know if we mentioned that or not but um later in the book you get more of what what is the power of the this group of people together mm-hmm. what what it means for those seven specific people to join together and then well i guess it's six it's six and then it's five because uh the one doesn't come back to town well no he it's seven himself. and then six only come back the, okay yeah, yeah so i was right um i second guessed myself for which a isn't a spoiler because they show that in this movie right so the power of this group of people their union together is what brings back all their memories and their friendship of each other and mm-hmm. um and what is ultimately their power against this monster right but because of what you said they didn't flush out the characters in the miniseries it movie. just sort of happens it doesn't make any sense yeah and then you're like well i don't there's no reason that i should accept that these people care mean so much yeah, yeah or mean so much to each other mm-hmm. um you know, it the curse is not as a prevalent a plot point as it maybe could have been. You I, know, in the and I mean, they show it in yeah. the movie, but there's like an ethereal uh, aspect of this that they literally could not get into because it was too hard to explain. And yeah. I think the director sort of mentions that in the commentary. I'll talk about that later. But um, the limitations again of having to boil this down into a very limited screenplay mm-hmm. it is evident in major plot points not even coming up, yeah. you know, and therefore you don't accept it. Right. So um, it's a major weakness. It was because it, it definitely bothered me. Um, so towards the end of part one, we have the kids battle scene with it. I thought this was totally decent. Uh, compared to the rest of the stuff that goes on in this movie, mm-hmm. or this first part anyway, um, Curry's actually scary once he's in the same room as the kids. Yeah. Uh, before that, when he's just sort of like, uh, you, I guess you're supposed to see him as like a phantom or a ghost or a, something that is ethereal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, once he's in there with them and he's a direct threat, he's a stronger villain than he was before. This entire first part, right. uh, you're kind of like, well, I'm seeing through all of this because it's not scary. <laughs> no, nope. and all I'm hearing is I don't is even keyboard. think he's in the same room with them right now. <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure they're just cutting to him. They're cutting to, him, and then they're looking away, and he's gone. Yeah. So it's like, well, if he wasn't there, then why am I supposed to be scared of him? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we close with Stan uh, killing himself in the tub. And we have one of the most cheesy fucking moments of this entire thing. Stan's wife's face. Oh my god. When we get the close up of her face, she's like Again Holding her face. (laughs) It's so it's like unbelievably bad acting. It's so bad. It's so cheesy and bad. It's so bad. It's not even bad like objectively. It's 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 I don't it's unbelievable how me, I don't know if that was a one take thing. Yeah, and they just they're like, okay, we Looks got good it. Good to me. Yeah. <laughs> We're on TV time here, so, um, yeah, not again, not scary. Um, when I was a kid, I probably didn't even realize what it was. You don't have a concept of suicide really when you're a kid mm-hmm. watching it. So, you just see a guy who's bloody in a bathtub. And he wrote it. Yeah, he wrote it. Um, 
Which I will say, I like how they portrayed that scene because it seemed pretty dead to real with the book. Yeah. She um, she came up sick. I mean, the, their dynamic wasn't the same as like in the book where... I think... I think uh... She had to break open the door, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she had to break open the door, but the door was still closed. She was bringing up beer for yeah, him. Yeah. He'd been up there a while. It was weird that the door was closed. Yeah. So, like, the, once in a while in this, they got it. They right. nailed it. Yeah. But it's mostly when the scenes are short enough to allow for them to nail it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that whole sequence is not very long in the book, no, as no. far as I remember. He calls him. Uh, Stan is like, oh, I, I, I don't know. You know, he's yeah. very like unsure. You could tell it's bothering him worse than some of the other people. But it's not from his perspective. It's all from his wife's perspective. Oh, that's right. The whole thing with Stanley. Yeah. So you see her witnessing the phone call and yeah, and then you see her because 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 um, she thinks it's weird that he's taking a bath at this time of night. Yeah. You know, because they yeah. establish in the book like what time of night he takes a bath. It's and, odd that he would go up and do that. Yeah, and then it was odd that he closed the door, yep. and so she was downstairs for a while, and she was like, "Well, I guess I'll bring him a beer," and then she goes up there. So I mean. Um, <laughs> we have venom again. Venom's here, <laughs> hi baby. Um, so yeah, so it. So you were okay with this? Scene. I was okay with that. I, I mean, I, I didn't like her acting. I thought oh she yeah, sucked, but I well, I when I watched it, I felt like that spoiled it for me. Right, and for that, for her to be the end of part one, I was like, okay, well, that puts a shitty button on the end of this. One. <laughs> I don't know. Now I gotta flip it. Now I gotta flip the DVD because it's two thousand. Mm-hmm. Um. So before we move on, though, I do since we're kind of comparing to the book, I do want to mention our Bev problem because I feel like that's the most egregious uh, change in character, um, and the sequence of Bev in this in this version is so different. So yes, she's in bed with this guy who she's checked up with. Her live in husband oh, God, boyfriend that, that dickhead yeah yeah um so i can't remember his name in the book but he's extremely abusive very yes. like not not like as in like as he, in the TV. he hits her one time in the, t- right. in the tv movie and again i understand we're we're short on time so mm-hmm. we gotta cut this down and get it and straight to the and point it's tv and we don't want to be too violent but yeah, but, but he beats the shit wanna, out of her. If yeah, if you want to, and like, um, you've read that part already in the mm-hmm. book, right? Okay, so like little things, like doesn't allow her to smoke, right? And when that's what the whole thing set him off. Like yeah. he didn't even care that you know she was trying to leave. And and King does a super good job of establishing Bev's character mm-hmm. because she's so weak. And so not herself anymore and has been broken down as a person to where she's barely a person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you think when she gets the call, she's not getting out of there because she's not strong enough to get out of there. Oh, but, but it flips a switch on her. Yeah, but the, the phone call immediately like lightens the curse enough to where she's able to finally stand up for herself. And you love Bev mm-hmm. in that moment. And you're like... Fuck yeah. Do whatever you got to do. Get the hell out of there. And then they have this knockdown drag out. Oh, yeah. Where she, like, 
I don't. I like slams his head into a cupboard or something like that, like a dresser. Well, or... she she takes the belt from him and hits him several times, and then yeah. hits him in the balls, and then yeah, throws her dresser on top of his legs. Yeah, um, and then he gets knocked out, but she still barely gets out of there. Yeah, she goes off running with like almost no clothes or anything on, no and shoes, she, no credit card, yeah. no. And she like laughing hysterically as she's taking off in a taxi or something like that. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that was one of my favorite sequences, and to see it bastardized down into this like it was nothing like super it. sanitized like, and it's not even the same character. She's just like she I I don't know. She's just like this super kind of bland uh, lady mm-hmm. who's you don't get any of the roughness of Bev. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like when she comes to the dinner in this new one, she's like rough around the edges yeah. and. She's kind of this cool chick. She's not this. She's not this kind. I don't even know how to describe the TV version. It's just so bland. It's it like was. A, it's just like a woman. Well, you don't understand. You that, didn't understand her urgency to leave. It no. was just like, oh, he. I mean, obviously, he hit you, so that's not cool. But yeah, and at the dinner with everybody there, she kind of tries to explain away. She's like, yeah, I have a guy, mm-hmm. you know, but she doesn't ever get into it. Um. I have a guy. He's also my husband. Yeah, I don't, it's the. I just wanted to make sure I got that across that I was almost offended. <laughs> I mean, by it, how bad it was she's bad. portrayed. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's move on to part two. We're already um almost an hour in. I don't remember what part this was in. I think it was in the beginning part. Okay. But I didn't. I was. I didn't realize that. Um. So this aired on TV, but I wonder what was cut out from the TV version that we are seeing in the DVD, you know, because they say the N-word twice in the movie. Um, And I was very shocked to hear that because I was like, I thought this was on TV. Like, did they add that in for the DVD only? Or was that a word you could say back back in 1990 on TV? Well. um, That was very offended. Sure. (laughs) I was like, why am I hearing this word? Short answer is I don't know, but did you um, I mean, did you notice it? Because Henry Bowers says he it. definitely says it. Yeah, to Mike and when yeah. they're kids, right? Um, uh, as far as I can remember, there definitely is shit like that in the book. Mm-hmm. Oh, the book um, is literally I. That was my huge problem with the very beginning of the book is just how all the hateful language. I understand he's trying to get like the characters across, like, yeah. how they are. But, but you it's can just, do it a little more like it's lightly. Just, it's hard to read. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. and that's that's the thing where like sometimes art ages differently, mm-hmm. it, and certainly our culture has moved away from that kind of language. Right. You know what I mean? Like. People are li- way, actually, way more sensitive. <laughs> I was going to say a little more sensitive. It's <laughs> way more sensitive. Um, I, ca- I mean, in 1990 on TV, you definitely couldn't say the the N word was not included in the the uh, the dirty word you can't say on TV. That's the George Carlin mm-hmm. thing where he actually lines out what is the precise words you can't say right you know? and um it you know, wasn't it was it is not in included oh god so um i want to say it was allowed Ugh. now uh 
I just feel like that's just such a, a poor, like that's just. I, it's in poor taste. It is. Uh, but yeah. they didn't beat you over the head with it either. Like no. he said it once. He said he said it twice. Twice. And, and then they never say it again. Right. Um, but I felt like when he called him boy, I felt like that was far enough. Oh, you know? yeah. Like, the, the tone of how he said it. Yeah. And I was you like, got, you, you could have just kept saying that. And that still would have felt just as derogatory to me. Totally. And yeah, I mean. I don't know. I, I don't like, I don't I don't like, like people it. say it either. I don't like it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean that's definitely worth mentioning. I, I I should mention though on that topic in the director's commentary that um, the kid who played Henry Bowers felt super bad about it. I bet and did not want to do it. Well, that's just such a bad yeah. place to put. I don't know. I, John Ritter specifically said he remembered being on set when they did that, and it, yeah. he said it was super sweet how much it hurt him to have him. to say that well that's know? like the henry bowers in the new movie apparently yeah. he was like the sweetest kid and was like best friends with yeah. all of the kid actors yeah. behind the scenes and these are i mean these are kids who mm-hmm. are having to do this stuff and it, it kind of it sort of touched my heart too that he would be so hurt that he would have to say that because that tells you how self-aware these kids were when well, they were yeah, making it was just, this it was unnecessary yeah for me to I don't know. So, before we get to part two, did you want to take a break real quick? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. So, we will be... Bra- we- <laughs> I, I got so close to not flubbing up. We'll be right back after a break that you will not hear listening to this. So, you so won't hear any sponsors. I don't have any idea why I'm even nope, putting matter. a button on it. <laughs> okay, we'll be back. Venom's back. We're back. Part two. Here we go. <laughs> Okay, so we mentioned earlier Adult Mike is Tim Reed from Sister Sister. Tim Reed, yeah. Um, <laughs> Bill's wig is terrible. Oh, my God. If it is a wig, we still are unsure about that. It's got to be a wig. There's no way you would... I mean, that was very luscious. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could go either way, but he, if he has that hair today, he should get it cut. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what that guy is. Is that guy still acting today? I have no idea. I don't know Um, either. We don't have time to look it up. Uh, Let's see. Adult Richie is Harry Anderson uh, from Night Court, like we mentioned earlier. Good show. Uh, Scene I wanted to mention is Adult Mike and Bill having fun with the bike. Oh, yeah. Um, The Motown on in the background was a nice touch Mm -hmm. so that was my first moment of the soundtrack i'm like okay this isn't so bad right i like this um and let's see adult ben is john ritter who again is looking mighty good with that beard yeah i mean it totally fits Mm -hmm. um and i forgot that john ritter was in this oh you did yeah so i was pleasantly surprised by that um, once we got to him being on screen, I guess he was in part one too, but, mm-hmm. uh, so could, could you not rub on this? Bev, I, here's what I mentioned. Uh, Bev looks wholesome as an adult, but she had been living hard away from dairy. You get no feeling that they have any history outside of dairy. So that's sort of across the board with all of the people mm-hmm. like, 
you know, you get very small glimpses into the life outside of Derry, but it's not as rough yeah. as it should. It's a very toned down version. Yeah. So uh, that definitely bothered me because. Well, and then um, another difference, <laughs> another difference um, between the book, since I have read the beginning so far of the book, is um, with, uh, what is it, Eddie? Eddie was the one with all the medications, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Um, in the book, he's married to a woman that is just like his mother. Right. Um, and in the movie version, he still lives with his mother. Right. Who was apparently a very well-off woman. Yeah. Um, like. It's a strange difference. I don't understand but, and, but why. What was, what was also weird that they included was in the uh, book version... Thank you. He keeps fucking with this. Um, in the book version, Eddie and his wife own like a limo company or they drive for a limo company. Yeah. And then in the movie version, you see him get into a limo and talk to the guy about drivers and who he's going to be driving. And I'm like, well, this makes no sense. Like, why even include that? If you're not going to go into detail about how him and his wife were already arguing about who was going to be driving. Yeah, it just doesn't really. I was like, why include that then? Yeah, there's not really. It doesn't matter. No. You know, so why, you're right. Like, why even go to the lengths to do that? Um, why even have that conversation? If you have time for this detail, then wh- where's all these other important right. stuff that you, we you should You could have know. added it something yeah. way better in. Or made it his wife and not his mom. Yeah. I don't know. This is the details... I'm always very are, curious about how they pick and choose what yeah. they're going to use and how they're going to use it. Well, the, in the director's commentary, the director also mentions that he did not read the book before accepting this job as well. Like, he did in the process okay. of writing, but... But he yeah, didn't know what he was getting into. I don't think. I mean, he had a vague idea, I think. He probably had a vision. Yeah. And read the book and was like, oh. Yeah, so... <laughs> I better I better add some things in from this I book. feel like a fan get... Uh, gives this the love it deserves Mm -hmm. you know the time it deserves to like the guy i i I can't remember the director of the new stuff the the new version Mm -hmm. off the top of my head but you could tell he was a fan you you could tell the people who were involved in writing all knew what elements were important yeah what deserves tlc you know and uh it just is not there in this this reminds me of something very off topic can i share it really sure quickly? did you see the teaser trailer for the new ghostbusters i haven't yet it just went up oh my god yeah is it cool it the, it gives nothing away but yeah. the music because it's it's uh going to be directed and written by the son of the original director oh, okay. yeah yeah like uh, for the life of me i can't think of their names um i can't either but so yeah, the uh, Reitman, Ivan Reitman was the original director. Right, Jason right. Reitman is his son, um, and Ivan Reitman did the first did Ghostbusters one and two. And Jason was actually into as a kid. Oh wow! He's in the uh, very beginning scene where the Ghostbusters go for a birthday party. Oh, okay. And he's the little kid who says, "My dad says you guys are full of crap" or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's remake. He's he's not remaking. He's it adding on to the original Ghostbusters universe. Wow. So it's going to show everything that happened in Ghostbusters 20-ish, whatever years ago, happened. And now this is present day. 
That's pretty cool. And this, like, the teaser trailer is the same music that yeah. you're gonna love, like that eerie, ooh, you know, yeah, like type yeah, yeah. shit. And it gets you so excited. And then when you read the article, it just sounds like a whole bunch of love. Like yeah. he has been wanting to do this, but he hasn't. And now he's like, he's secretly been doing it. Yeah. And it just sounds amazing. So I feel like that's gonna be one of those things where it's gonna be made with it's, love. Yeah, it's promising. Um, and it's the son of the original, and yeah. he knows, and his dad's gonna be helping with him. I think he's gonna like executive produce. Oh, sweet. So, well, that's exciting. It's super exciting. Yeah. <laughs> but as you were talking about that, I'm just like, this just is everything that the new Ghostbusters yeah. sounds like it's going to be. Well, and is everything we can hope for for the second part of it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, there's stuff in this in part two of this TV thing that is missing. Yeah. Giant, Um, giant omissions. But hopefully we'll be in the new one. Yeah. And that all came down to just money. You know what I mean? Like they just didn't, the director talks about just not having any real way to put it on screen Hmm. with what, with the, the money they were given. So that's the difference between now and back then, you know, if they made a series out of this today on TV, it would be a season, probably. Mm-hmm. And it would be amazing, And I'm they sure. would have all kinds of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, let's get back to this. Um, the uh, Okay, so be- they're, they're all going to different areas of town in this. They kind of are split up at the beginning, and then they come together. At the restaurant, yeah. Yeah, but, they, uh, but I mentioned uh, in my notes Bev's dad's makeup the kind of corpse in drag oh, yeah. thing where she goes to her old house and is tricked by the name on the the mail slot. Um, and then she looks again and it's not there. So that that was kind of cool because that's like a trickery sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's odd. And then it put, she gets pulled in and then clearly everything is wrong when she gets in there. She goes in the bathroom. She's yeah. freaked out by the bathroom. Well, and then um, you realize that the house has been boarded up. So did right. she really even? She didn't even really go in the house. Yeah, right? she's yeah. just been thinking she did. The I whole guess time yeah. outside the house. Uh. So then we go to the. I know we're skipping things here and there, but I'm just writing, reading from my notes. Um, what I thought was important to mention. We go to the dinner scene. It's a break from the action, and we finally kind of see our characters as they're supposed to be. You know, they're all together. They are interacting, you know. It's um, the everyone needs a hug party of one. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, and Bev is the Bev that we don't like, mm-hmm. really, in this. <laughs> she's, she's too just too wholesome. It's It, it's, it just seems fake. Yeah, exactly. And forced and weird and not... But the, they do mention in the commentary that the this was one of their favorite things that they got to do in the whole thing is like, they actually went to it this place. It seemed like they had fun. They went to a real uh, Chinese restaurant yeah. and ate together and had a blast. And they can actually have a real conversation and joke around with each other while they're on camera because you didn't hear anything. Yeah. Cause of the Motown soundtrack, which is a cool touch. And yeah. it's one of my favorite scenes, maybe my favorite scene in the movie, actually um, just them kind of hamming it up and Richie doing his thing and um yeah it was it was a good scene you finally sure. get a better idea of who the characters are when you don't really before that mm-hmm. you kind of do when they're kids but i don't know um so again the motown soundtrack is awesome 
It might even be the same song. <laughs> like they had money for one song. Right. Uh, definite mess up that I noticed is when they showed the outside of the insane asylum of this town. Mm-hmm. Um, as we will know from um, Castle Rock, it's Juniper Hill. Right. On the sign, it's Juniper Hills. Oh, and they, they added some hills. Yeah, they added a couple <laughs> hills, and and uh, they even say Juniper Hills when they're talking about um, Henry Where being is that? Henry Bowers being in there. Uh, in this conversation they have at the dinner, they're talking about thirty-year increments. Yeah, uh, it's twenty-seven. Uh-huh. So why make it thirty? Who knows? I don't know. Again, why why 30 do they change sound, the details that they change? Thirty doesn't sound better. No. Why not just Stop, don't lick it? <laughs> ben, uh, just licked Debbie's donut. He sat on it. He's licked it. <laughs> oh, good times. I was um, planning. I'm gonna eat it when you leave. The so. question though: Do all the changes just get irritating at some point? Like while yeah. you're watching this, were you as irritated as I was by even the small things like that? Now. Because that's the thing is like you're watching this after having read the book like well I and why? I haven't even read the entire book and yeah. I was irritated with the things that I saw you just kind and I'm sure not even <laughs> exactly knowing was changed you get the feeling like things are not quite the same mm-hmm. um the experience of this story as we knew it gets so warped by this TV version it's it's like I said it's just it's not the same feeling. Mm-hmm. That I got while I was reading it. Well, when you were reading it, you were telling me that it was scary. It, it is. It freaked me out. <laughs> and, um, and it's not in the mini. I had weird dreams. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, for something, for a novel to affect me that way, that's good. You know Although, what I, mean? so, I will say, I like having a face, you know? Yeah. Of somebody to picture that's scary. So, yeah. it is nice to have seen the movies yeah. before reading it, because now I can picture what... Yeah. He looks like, you know? Yeah. But I, yeah, I don't know. I mean. So it is helpful for that mental image, but. Sure. To like at least have a placeholder mm-hmm. in your mind. But um, I feel like my version is better than yeah. the, even this. <laughs> well, and that's why I stayed away from the book for so long. Yeah. Because I was like, if the miniseries scared me that severely when I was younger, yeah. what is the book going to do? Tim Curry is great. I mean, like visually. He's a he's good and he acts well, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So I don't really see him as the weakness in this. I just feel like the storytelling itself. Yeah, the writing was pretty bad. Um, and the acting isn't great either. No. Oh, um, I fi- I figured out the other wrongdoing number. Um, they listed <laughs> science as just like on the end cap signs, yeah. and then put the hundred like a hundred numbers. Okay. Science is not in the hundred. <laughs> Depending on what science you're looking into, it depends on what number it is. Yeah. But, like, usually that's a 500 area. Yeah. And it's also split up into different sciences. It's not. Yeah. It doesn't just, just say science. science. <laughs> I think they were just. It's like when you go, when you watch a movie and they're like, I'll have a beer. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. What kind of beer? There's a million kinds. And the uh, devil's in the details. Not so. at this bar. Not at this library. Um,. So, yeah, so overall, these are not the characters that we love. Um, so I am irritated as I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we fast forward a little bit to it outside its lair. Um, 
we have the small kids door that is definitely in the book is a cool detail that they included i was wondering about that the kids are si- the less than kid size door it's like a toddler size door mm-hmm. um it's just a cool visual it doesn't really mean anything did it describe it with uh skulls all around and candles lit uh well yeah that's one thing i noticed that there was candles lit it's like who lit those candles I i'm like that's a very courteous spider and is it uh <laughs> like are those candles also a uh, phantom? Or I know. Are they are they, are they magic magic candles that are just always know. lit? I don't know. I do know. That, yes, that there are kids' bones and stuff around the lair. I don't know okay. about outside of it, but it was just very nicely molded around yeah. the door. Like he um, took time. So yeah, so we are skipping over a lot of this second part, but most of it. The second part seems to go really fast. Yeah, oh, the whole the entire thing does. Like when you just compare the two versions, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty startling, you know, how much they omit. Um the spider and I'll get to a big omission thing here in a minute, but the spider. So, the thing that everybody knows from this movie. This is one of the most memorable memorable things from this movie if I can say that word. Mhm. Um, and the thing that people are wondering if it will be in the new one. Yeah. Well, which um, I don't know how it's written in the book. There will be a creature that is spider ish. Okay. Cause that is in the book, mm-hmm. but there's big things surrounding that that I'll get to in a second. But the spider in this is so clunky and, and uh, the only thing the actors can do in the scene with it is, is push it over. Yeah. And and have their um, mouth open. And and they they push it on its side and they punch and kick it. And then they pull some guts out. They rip and, its heart out, right? Well they rip its heart out, but what they do is they move the camera shot over to shadows on the wall. And I think why they did this, and I, they don't even I don't know if they ever even actually mentioned exactly why, but I think why they did this is because it looks so bad. Well, it looked like they were ripping a person in half, too, from the yeah. shadow. Like, it didn't look like what they were really doing. No. And it's, like, I think that they knew it was going to look as hokey as it ends up mm-hmm. looking. So they go to some shadows so that you can't poke so many holes in it like we're trying to do right now. Well, um, and then even right before that, where you see the spider, like, coming out of the the cave opening, you know, yeah. like where they're at. Yeah. And when they have the, the widescreen angle where you see like all of their backs and like the spider coming, yeah. it looks so bad. Oh yeah. And oh that's, my God. It looks so bad. Again, limitations of the time. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's a, it's a, um, I want to say that it's a stop motion animation looks, when it's far away. Kind of. It didn't even, like I when mean, it's it, moving around. It definitely was not there with them. It was something right. that they added in, it's in after. The distance. Yeah. Well, yeah. so it's like a blue screen thing. Yeah. And then and they just... did a stop motion animation, and then when they go and confront it again after it kills, um, then it's like the animatronic thing. Yeah, it know. kills Eddie. Which? How the hell did it kill Eddie? It held him and then dropped him. Well, and I mean, he, it's a big clunky spider, so. Like they, I I feel like Eddie did as best as he could. Like the guy who played him did as best as he could. 
There's, uh, yeah, there's. But not there was a lot. just there was no trauma to him. It was just like no. I'm holding you, and yeah. then I dropped you, and you fell on your legs. No blood, and now there's you're dead. No limbs. There's yeah. no. All that stuff is because of TV, I think. And his hair didn't and go money. white, so it wasn't like he looked into the deadlights, you know, and it, it did whatever. It, yeah. Like he didn't change. He just right. looked the same, and like. Yeah, weird. and in the book, there's, it's way the sequences are way cooler. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to go around in the um in the sewer uh, they get lost yeah they get super lost uh and henry uh we actually skipped over this when henry comes and attacks mike mm-hmm. at the library um it's a it's a crazy frightening sequence um well in the movie it's at the hotel so it's in the library in the book uh let's see it, no, it is. It is at the hotel. Okay. But um, I want to say that Bev's husband comes to town, too. See, I figured we would see more of him in the yeah. book. I want to say he's omitted. I should know this because I read it only like a couple months ago. But I think he comes to town and and um, finds uh, uh, Henry somewhere and... They go around together. Oh, they team up. That's I want to like say idea. they do. Um, so yeah, so we're getting more omitted. And I know I'm sorry that I don't know more details on that. I, I should, but anyway, Henry uh, attacks Mike, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a very kind of stunted scene in itself. He like barely anything happens in there and then he just dies. It's a lot of hugging. Yeah. And, and then and then a knife in his chest. Um, Which the knife in Henry's chest kills him, but yeah. the knife in Mike does not. Yeah. And then Henry, I believe, escapes from that um attack and um in the book? chases them into the sewer. Oh, in the book. I yeah. wanna say that is what happens. Um I felt like he probably had I mean, why why show him again if you're just going to have him, like, try to kill somebody and then die? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, like, it's a big jumble of stuff that, do- like, you know. And there's plenty of other stuff in the book at the end that I want to mention, uh, and I will here in a second. But we move past the spider. Thank God mm-hmm. we move past the spider because it looks awful. Um, Bill and Audra are on their bike. And well, yeah, because Audra get Audra goes to Audra gets taken by States. it, right? Yeah, and then she gets taken by it. Yeah, and they save her from the lair, right? And she's like catatonic, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the final sequences of Stephen King's story is him putting Audra on the bike with him, and they go for a ride, and it helps bring her back mm-hmm. uh because well, he almost kills her in traffic yeah so <laughs> i had i mentioned that they stop in the in the middle of an intersection in which all cars are apparently moving at once uh, yeah in all directions why There's no lights they all stop at the same time surrounding them which okay for visual effect mm-hmm. yes but in any world where cars are moving, no, no. that never happens. No. Where they're all trying to go at the same time, and then everybody's sim- got green. And then simultaneously, they all get out of their cars at the same time too. Like yeah. that would never happen either. People no. would be yelling outside of their car and like yeah, and honking and yeah. So, 
Um, suffice to say, big issues with the ending of this book. It was or such this, a weird... this TV version, I mean. And then also you have um, you have Mike Hanlon doing his little uh, narrative, you know, yeah. while he's writing in his journal, and yeah. he's talking about how they're sometimes even forgetting each other's names now. I'm like, why would you forget each other's names? Like, is well, there a weird curse now coming over you to make you forget everything? That is actually in line with the book. But they don't explain it. No, they in the don't. Movie. Right. So it just seems really weird. They've never established this whole thing <laughs> about forgetting and remembering and, you know, or at least not concretely enough for us to care or understand it. I definitely not understand it. That's for sure. But on the way out in the book, Mike Hanlon is doing his journal entries where he's he's the one that holds he has because he stayed in town, he has the closest connection and remembers everything mm-hmm. and pulls everybody back together. He's the last one to lose everything as everyone else is also losing everything as they move out of town and go their separate ways. So they're just not going to be friends again? Uh, Yeah, they all kind of go their separate directions. I mean, besides Bev and um, Ben who get together in yeah, the movie. And then, um, and then Audra and Bill. Right stay together because they're married. you know they're married yeah. yeah so besides that that just seems really weird yeah it but it's the it's kind of um uh, at least in king's story it's a reflection of life and how we move on from our childhood eventually and we despite as much as we try almost every childhood friendship that we have no matter how strong it was at one time sort of fades away you know what i mean and it's like life it does it's like we all die eventually we all drift away from each other as much as human beings love to be connected to each other and how strongly we are attracted to each other as kids um that all goes away i also i i agree but yeah. i also feel like it's stephen king's thing that he does he builds up this huge story and yeah. then he just ends it and I well, have a real big problem with how he does that. Yeah. So am I going to have a problem with this? Like, is it just going to end on me? Am, um, I, am I going to be wanting more? No. I, okay. I was. Am I, I, I going to feel satisfied? I felt very satisfied. Okay. I, I feel like it, the novel, mm-hmm. stands the test of time. It holds up big time. Okay. Um, it's definitely one of, it's, it's a contender for my favorite book of his now. Because I will, I will never forget how yeah. he treated me with his book sell. <laughs> yeah, I will never forget that. <laughs> Hashtag never forget. Um, yeah, no, I I loved the novel. I loved the ending. I love it. I actually loved it all the way through. I felt like it. Um, he nailed um, his interpretation of the characters and how they relate to each other, and the story he told was a complete one. He's always great with his character when he sometimes his endings are kind of wonky though. They're You're very right. abrupt, but sometimes. It, it isn't an abrupt ending. It's a, uh, he is laying you down on a pillow. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the, that's kind of the point of the epilogue at the end of this story with Mike Hanlon's journal. Okay. Or, or maybe it's Bill's journal. I don't I can't, it's one of the two, but it's, he's, he's letting you go gently into the, into the wind or whatever. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he's not 
He's not laying down a uh, iron curtain at the end and saying, "Okay, that's the end. We're done." Well, it almost feels like with with like Cell, where you you're reading it and you get to the very last word, and it was like Stephen King just yanked the book out of your hands. It was yeah. like that's all you get. Yeah, like, some of you're them are like that. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I thought this one was great. Um, the the TV version not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, big issues with the end are two things: the okay. spider, of course. And the giant omission of this uh, ethereal battle with the supernatural being of it. So, Bill... Like the deadlights? Well, okay, so... Because they don't mention that in the new movie. It's sort of hard to explain, but Bill, um, in his segment of the final battle with it... Mm -hmm. It and him, their their essence or their beings get sucked in up into, um, sort of like this uh, ethereal world between worlds, um, and it is a a being who lives sort of outside of our reality and has forced his way into ours, mm-hmm. um in uh prehistoric ages and he's lived in this where daria is since then Mm -hmm. and has fed off of things that are around in in the area of dairy since back then and that he comes back every 27 years and does the same thing and feeds off of people throughout and mike kind of gives you that history in the book of Mm -hmm. all this terrible shit that happens um every 27 years or whatever so bill I believe it's Bill gets sucked into this thing and he has this battle with him uh, in this other world between worlds. Mm -hmm. Right. He gets help from this force of good and it's and he describes it as a turtle God. Okay. Yeah. So it's crazy out there stuff. Mm -hmm. Um. What was King uh, on when he wrote the book? <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. Was this during his I heyday? Think it, I um, think it was. Okay. <laughs> Pretty sure it was. So, um, because it's this, it's, it's this super um, sort of really hard to explain thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's we're talking about ethereal beings and gods and yeah. battles between worlds and it's uh, it's heady stuff right right so tv movie it's not gonna get it we're not getting it it's just not gonna happen mm-hmm. you know what i mean um now in king's version it's super crazy and it's an amazing read you are so locked in yeah i re- i did not take a break when i read that part i've spent I don't know how like how long it was that I was sucked into that thing, how long that section is. It's a it's a it's it's not you know overly long, but it's a chunk. You know right. what I mean? And uh, it's super interesting. It's unlike anything else in the book. So you're like, holy shit, we're going this place. <laughs> we're we're hanging out with turtle gods. So do you think then, since they'll have more money for the new movie, do you think that they may go into that? Uh, well. Um, another part of this that I didn't mention is it's called the Battle of Chud. Okay. Okay. So that's the name for it. And the Battle of Chud 
is where um you're gonna challenge you're challenging it this being to a battle and you bite its tongue and while when you bite its tongue um either it's telling you jokes or you're telling it jokes and you can't laugh or else you'll cease to be so that in this battle that's what's happening what the fuck yeah it's this crazy shit. I I mean, when you get to it, you'll. So this is the battle when they're adults or when they're kids. This is this is when they're adults. Okay. I think. No, no, no. Okay. So how they tell it in the book is, you're getting the battle when they're kids and the battle when they're adults. So they're re- they're doing it again. Combined. Okay. It's like a thing where they go back and forth. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard for me to remember exactly what happens when. <laughs> right. But there is this battle. The the battle the battle of Chud or whatever and you got and you got him being sucked into this other world so all this shit is happening and there is no way they could ever put it in this so what but, they did was they put a spider yeah so what they did <laughs> is they put a giant spider and then they push it over and kicked it and pulled out its its guts and that's it and that was it so and there's your battle of Chud yeah well the battle of Chud is non-existent <laughs> um, because trying to explain that. When we don't even really get a sense of who most of these characters are, mm-hmm. I like that's at least how I feel about it. I don't know about people that are going to listen to this and how they feel about it, but I feel like in this TV version, we get a very sanitized version, and um, and without that whole sequence at the end, it just I feel a big like empty thing here mm-hmm. at the end that just is ignored. Right? You know, how could you ignore? <laughs> <laughs> this craziness it's so it's in the book it fits it shouldn't but it yeah. does and it's so wacky and crazy and i loved every second of it so how i how i'm left not getting even a taste of that watching this is it's it took a piece of my heart when i watched mm. this and i didn't expect it because i kind of knew where we're getting giant spider and that's it and mm-hmm. Why I was super disappointed when I was a kid and why, when I was in junior high watching it again. But it, it, that's what it is. So you got to accept it for what it is. I don't feel like it's a satisfying ending. No. Even discounting whatever else Stephen King did in his book. I just feel like TV you, thing if alone. If you just watched it, yeah, for what it was. Yeah. I was still unsatisfied. And also. It's not why, scary. Why are the deadlights on a train or something? Like, um, I felt like well, while it was going through, you know, like, the piping, like yeah. I, I felt like I should have heard, like, the chugga-chugga-chugga sound. <laughs> well, <sighs> yeah, because the effects of it make it look like it's a train coming uh-huh. up the tracks of a uh, tunnel. Yeah. Um, Although, I do, I still really love the scene where Henry Bauer's friend, and I forget what his name is, Belch or something. Something like that. Um when he gets sucked into the the tunnel he and he up. gets folded yeah. in half, I still love that scene. That's, good. That's a cool visual. Yeah, but I feel like their lights coming out of a tunnel is the only way they could get away with um, showing some kind of effect that describes what it is. The yeah. essence of it is, I guess, because felt very train like. But, but yeah, because it's a practical and then, and effect that doesn't work. Floating over them, it was very like spaceship. Yeah, flying saucer, and I, I was like, "Why? Why is it, it just, flying over them so slowly?" It just feels <laughs> if it's a spider. It just is cheap. It feels cheap. It, it was, is. It was so bad. 
Um, so I got a little bit of extra stuff on the tail end of this that I want to mention from the director's commentary. Okay. Uh, as I mentioned, the director didn't read it before reading the script. Which is crazy. So there was an existing script because there's two guys who were involved in the making of this. Um, I don't have the box, so I can't tell you ex- the DVD mm-hmm. box. So I can't tell you what their names are, but um, they combined their efforts to get this thing done. Um, he calls the kid a- kid actors a pain in the ass on set. Oh, so that was kind of mean. Uh, he, as I mentioned before, he didn't have much money to work with. No big surprise there because it was 1990 and we're dealing with TV. And Stephen King. Right. Uh, so uh, it was awesome hearing John Ritter and Tim Reed joke around. Tim Reed is um, Mike, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, the guy that played Eddie is with them in this commentary. Oh, okay. There's a, co- there's a few commentary tracks. One is the one, one of the directors. One is three of the actors, um, John Ritter, Tim Reed, and then the guy that played Eddie, and then the other one is Bill by himself. Um, did they have any um, like behind the scenes stuff or deleted scenes? No, or extra footage. No, nope. Just the commentary. Just that's commentary. it. Okay. Um, they probably didn't have any room on the DVDs back then <laughs> for extra stuff, or maybe there wasn't even any deleted scenes. Yeah, maybe. I not. can't imagine there were any because it's three hours. Right. You know what I mean? So they probably threw everything in that they could. Um, uh, the commentary track reminded me how much I miss John Ritter, though, because he's amazing on this commentary. Mm-hmm. It's totally like I know you haven't listened to it yet. It's totally worth going and checking out, nerding out one night and just listening to John Ritter's uh, input on this stuff because he remembers right. a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's lots of cool stories from behind the scenes mm-hmm. of this. So it's totally worth listening to. Um Let's see. They talked about getting the actors in the group scenes to have to stand close together because of the TV screen format at the uh, time. No. They had to get <laughs> they them. Had to yeah, they had. They there was. They had to especially specifically the uh, dinner scene. They had to plan um, to get everyone's face to face the camera, mm-hmm. and all of that takes very uh, a lot of planning. You know what I mean? Like when the camera's moving. They all have to move to different positions, so they'll all still be in frame, right? And they'll all be facing the camera and each other. Well, no wonder they hug so much. They had to be yeah. tight in the, the right. Frame. And even when they're kids, like, and they're in the Barrens, yeah. you notice that they're all facing. They're they're talking, but they're looking towards. They're kind of looking off in the distance, but they're all sitting together facing the same direction. Yeah. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. I'm pretty sure at one point. Kid Bev looks directly at the camera. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. For a while, too. Yeah. Like, and it's a close-up <laughs> shot. And I'm like, are you looking at me right now? Why are you looking at me? Oh, in the break, you had something you wanted to mention from uh, when they're in the brains looking at the book. Oh, the journal. yeah. I, I paused and I, I or the made photo a little book. video clip yeah, to show you. Um, you can definitely see the hand that pops out yeah. of the photo album. You can see below the photo album and the arm that is yeah. attached to that hand. <laughs> Very briefly, but it's there. So cool practical effects mm-hmm. in work there. Um, I liked that you were had such a like keen oh, any, eye anytime, on everything. Anytime there's like practical effects, I'm like, I want to see how they did yeah. it. <laughs> so, okay. So um, Tim Curry did not want to do heavy makeup for his character. Um, 
I'm not 100% sure why. I don't think he got his way on that. No, well, like, the director did insist on the bulbous uh, forehead kind of look. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, they did very little clown makeup. So, like, yes, he is covered in clown makeup. But his face is very distinct as it is. It is. And so, um, I don't think I showed you this photo, but uh, Dexter and I were watching um, Home Alone 2, which Tim Curry is in. Yeah. And I said to Dexter, hey, do you know what else this guy has been in? Yeah. And he was like, no. But I paused it in such a way that it's dead to real him and there's no mistaking it. That that is him under that makeup. Yeah. I mean, like I said, they didn't do very much. No. You could you notice in that photo you're showing me now, like just above his forehead, the bulbous mm-hmm. kind of rounded. Yeah, you can see you where know. they put the makeup on it. Yeah. So But that blew the kid's mind. Oh yeah. I mean he, he had no idea that, that scary clown was also <laughs> in this funny movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh What's great is, uh, you know, Tim Curry's not doing a lot of acting now. He, I think oh, he has, um, I think he has, what, what he has some kind of uh, degenerative disease. Mm-hmm. He's I think. in a wheelchair. Yeah. So. Well, he had a stroke. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. But he yeah. can still talk. Mm-hmm. So, um, for the anniversary of this, I think they did something, maybe a few years ago, where like he talked before they showed the movie or something like that. I believe so, yeah. So, um, and he's still around. Everybody's still holding out hope he'll be in the new one. Oh, I mean, it would be cool. I don't know what kind of role he would have because he's in a wheelchair, but, yeah. you know. Guy on the street. Yeah, something like that. It would be It would be cool. It would be very cool. It, I mean, I would totally love him to be Guy on the street. I trust the people in the new that are involved in the new interpretations of it so much that whatever they do, I think it's going to be great. I'm pretty sure that that battle of Chud and stuff is going to be in it. I believe someone has has actually said that like, you know, one of the people that are writing it or directing it or whatever. Well, I know from the beginning that they said they wanted to stick close to the book. Like they wanted to be true. I mean, they still weren't because they still left a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, I see. And I think the danger of including that big stuff at the end is uh, people who haven't read the book are going to be like WTF, (laughs) you know, but everybody else who has read it and is yearning to see this fucking craziness on screen is like, yeah, give it to me. (laughs) Right. Well, and also what's weird is the new version of the movie doesn't have any of the adults. Yeah. You know, you don't see any of them. Yeah. So in the second part, we're going to see them as adults and then as flashbacks. Yeah. Some very interesting choices and actors, too. Mm -hmm. You know, some some big names are going to be in that movie. So I'm excited. I'm McAvoy. I can't believe. McAvoy. Uh, uh, who's playing Eddie? Damn it! What's his name? Anyway, we can't get bogged down in that because yeah. we're too far into this. Um, okay, so Tim Curry looks great, though. We, I mean, you notice we didn't really like. I don't have any problems with him. We didn't really dog on Tim Curry, Tim Curry at all, because he's great. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he did what he could with what they gave him. Yeah, and uh, you know, he's not. As scary as I remember him being, but I thought he did well with what he was given. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Um, And the director says that he, like, kind of let him do what he wanted to do most of the time. Like, be all crazy. You know, some of that stuff's improv. He didn't really say exactly what was and what wasn't, but. It was a great laugh he had. Oh, totally. Yeah. 
Um, I remember in the commentary him getting specifically like excited when um, the uh, the Eddie sequence when he first comes back to town and he's in the library. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff is great. You know, Tim Curry's great. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody would argue with that. No. Um, I noted that they mentioned the cigarette man from X Files is the principal in the kids sequences. Oh right. Um, there's I think it's only one scene that he's in, but. Uh, mm. It's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! In the cafeteria, where yeah. where um, what's his name? Eddie. Eddie's Eddie, yeah, yeah. Runs into him. Um, right before the shower thing, I think something like that. I don't remember. Yeah, something. Uh, okay. So oh, no, it was Richie that ran into. That's them. right. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the director also mentioned that they went to a real Chinese restaurant, which I mentioned earlier. But he said that these were the people. That were waiting on the waitress was actually someone who worked there. Oh, really? But I kind of reckon I think it's the lady from Happy Gilmore. Hmm. So, <laughs> which lady? The lady who comes to his uh, his um, telecom thing that's outside his apartment. Hit like pushes on the button right. when he's singing into it and comes up. And uh, he wakes up in the morning and and she's like, you don't want breakfast? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty Vaguely sure. I remember that scene. I mean, I might just be being a little racist or something, but I think it's her. Okay. I didn't look that up, but it looks a lot like her. So, you know, take that for what it is. Um, so, John Ritter wanted the Turtle God sequence. <laughs> and he specifically noted it. So you know he's not bullshitting that he is a fan and he did read the book mm-hmm. before he took this role. So, uh, but he says they spent all their money on the giant spider. So uh, all five dollars wasn't going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so you could tell he's a fan of Stephen King and he actually cares. Mm-hmm. So um, and that's throughout. You know he mentions things throughout the commentary that are totally worth checking it out. It's mm-hmm. not just. Something that's a passive thing. Yeah. You know, a lot of these commentaries are just kind of boring. For sure. Um, and they're just sort of for film nerds. But uh, they mixed it up and had the director and had the actors. So you get a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. Um, he points out how the kid... Um, the kid hands Bowers the switchblade. Okay, so... Henry is in Juniper Hill. Right. Juniper Hills. They right. Added Juniper Hills. Hills. They added Hills. <laughs> the kid who's his gang partner hands him the switchblade. Belcher or something. Yeah, but he's a phantom. or right. We're supposed to be led to believe. But he can hold knives. Like, all we see of people seeing stuff is, like, ghosts or phantoms or whatever. They're, like, illusions. So, how does he hand him a switchblade? It's a physical object that he uses to attack people. He had to have had some kind of shank that he made that he was just imagining. I don't think so. Was they didn't explain. Life. They never explained that. So how is that a thing? Uh, we can't just make up things and tell, say that that's what they were doing. I don't know. Doing. Those balloons <laughs> pop up everywhere. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so there's weird consistency issues with this that we obviously have pointed out. Um References how Bev had sex with everyone in the book, uh, which John we, Ritter references that. Yes, okay. we didn't really mention that, but um, you know, 
it's a major major thing in the it's book. a major omission in the book it's it's actually not as perverted as not, people make it out to be it's the way that they get out of the tunnels yeah it's how they are able to um because they have to come together they're like yeah they're strengthening their connection again and that's the only that she realizes that's the only way that she can pull their connection together it's so weird though. it's 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 weird it's super weird very weird I feel like he could have made something else up. Yeah. He definitely could have. <laughs> Besides children having sex with each other. Because yeah, they're 12. Well, yeah. I Is that the specific age? I don't know. I feel like that's the However age young they are, with, they're too young. Yeah. Too young to be having a gangbang. Well. In the sewers. Yeah. They're. So. Yeah. I, mean, I, I guess we would call it a gangbang. I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> Or you could say, um, they're, oh, what's the, where you, you're just like in a line. Oh, I, yeah, I don't know if it's necessary to go any further with this. <laughs> it's just so weird. It's so weird. It's fucked up. I haven't gotten to that point yet either, but I know it happens and it's so weird. He mentions it though, uh, on the commentary and the the two other actors with him get very quiet. Oh yeah, I'm sure they had no idea. <laughs> Nobody says anything back to him when he mentions it. He doesn't go any further. It just gets kind of awkwardly quiet. And then as we, it should. Yeah, and then we move on. Um, it's noticeably quiet, by the way. So um, it seems like he's more apt to call out the film for what it is than some of the other actors and um and the director. Um, like kind of throughout they, they're, they're talking about how much they loved the experience more than they actually loved the movie. Right. But John Ritter actually is calling out its flaws and being like, this isn't in it. This isn't in it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like that makes me like John Ritter even more. You know what I mean? R.I.P. John Ritter. Um, he gave a shit. You could tell he gave a shit. It wasn't just a paycheck kind of thing. You know what I mean? And he's one of the better actors in the movie, mm-hmm. and he's one of the better characters that we get in the movie. Mm-hmm. Not just because of who he is in the book. Like, he's actually better of a character, almost better of a character, um, and Bill? actor wise, than, mm-hmm. yeah, than Bill or some of the others who are arguably more important in the book. Yeah. Um, he makes his character more important. It, you know, it could well be that, you know, he, he might have been offered Bill and he could have said, yeah. no, I really liked Ben yeah. in the book. You know, it could have been something where, like, he just felt connected to Ben yeah. and, you know, said, I wanted to be Ben. Right. And Bill, the the guys who play Bill uh, and um, and Richie, or not Richie, uh, Eddie and Mike, almost all of them kind of don't ever mention anything bad about it yeah it's like they're afraid to which I, you know they don't want those residual paychecks to start coming. <laughs> yeah they're doing a commentary track though for fans mm-hmm. though so i kind of get it but at the same time like you gotta, be real. you gotta call a spade a spade right a movie that's noticeably bad it, you can mention it that it does it's not quite as good as it could be right um but i don't say we had fun yeah um let's see and he admits kind of losing the scariness of Pennywise to the spider robot at the end hinders the ending. Like, this entire 
two-part miniseries movie, we've only known Tim Curry Pennywise as the villain, mm-hmm. and now we get Spider. Right. And it's kind of like, well, why? Yeah. You know? And we never and really how? get an answer why. Yeah. And how, right? <laughs> like, how is he a spider? Mm-hmm. And also a clown. And also, you know, like, your worst nightmare. And uh, Yeah, also he's a phantom. Mm-hmm. Like an illusion. And where is he getting all of these balloons? <laughs> you know what? At the end of this podcast, that's the real question. <laughs> he's a clown. So I feel like that's half of the equation. I guess. But, but they're all filled with blood. They're so all how s- is he getting the blood in there and well, then blowing them up? Well, the blood, it's kind of like water balloons, but blood. And, you know, I feel like it's the blood of the children. <laughs> but they're so. very they're very light and airy, like, you know. Yeah. But, see, okay, but at the end of this commentary and the end of this podcast and the end of this movie, the director finally admits that uh, the story and effects failed on some level. <laughs> so it's all, he waits, <laughs> seriously, all the way till the very end, the wrap-up. Like, the credits are rolling. He's like, yeah, it kind of didn't work. <laughs> it's like, well, what? come on, man. You could have said something about that all the way through. There's shit that's not working all the way through uh, yeah. this thing. Not just this. So, yes, um, this podcast has been an exercise in hole poking. I understand that. But we are calling it what it is. I feel like if we weren't poking holes, we wouldn't be we wouldn't honest be about no. what it, this mo- this thing is you know um do we have a stephen king cameo in this i didn't see him i don't believe there is one no okay he didn't um i don't know why either they never actually mentioned time for him at this point to do cameos he was in all of his other movies that's weird i never even thought about it but yeah he's not in this um maybe tim curry was like no (laughs) (laughs) this is my movie um yeah that's weird. weird Maybe I'll, I'll maybe I'll look into that. Do you want some of the quotes that people had? Oh yeah, so I asked you to pull a couple of quotes from uh, Amazon yeah. or uh, or IMDb or wherever, and this is kind of a thing that runs through the other watchers' shows. So I felt like that would tie us in with theirs. Right. So uh, Debbie, go ahead and give us some quotes from people who. Uh, either liked or disliked this movie? Well, I'll let you decide if they liked or disliked this okay. movie. Okay, so the first quote, which we heard part of earlier, was, cheese-tastic trash fun. There's a reason that the scary, scary clown, in quotes, phenomenon started. We have Tim Curry to thank for it. He's the only reason to watch it. Everything else is just over-the-top histronics, but Pennywise, absolutely terrifying. Hmm, well... I'll say he's mostly right, just because, like, Tim Curry's definitely the bright spot of this right. and the most memorable, uh, besides um, the spider for different reasons, mm-hmm. memorable for terrible reasons. But um, I don't know. I feel like John Ritter is a, a really good part of this, too, and mm-hmm. to not even mention him being good. Well, um, this next person says, Stephen King, what the hell drugs were you taking? <laughs> Which I feel like is a valid question. Uh, yeah. Especially with um, turtle. The turtle god. Yeah. Battle of Chud. Right. Thing. Uh, but we don't even. He didn't even see that part. No, he's purely commenting on, on the movie. This movie. Yeah. And, 
Um, like, I don't know if that's really, is that, is that on point? I don't know. I feel like you, you can't ask that question if you don't, if you don't. I don't think it's like. Know the other part. I think the movie's kind of wacky because it's. It's old. It, it's old and not done very well. Right. But is it, is it a drug addled mind worthy? I don't think so. No, no, no. no. Maybe the spider at the end. <laughs> the, well, if. Yeah, I mean, putting that kind of button on the end of this whole experience, yeah, is is weird. You know, is a very odd choice. So, um, well, it's funny you say that. Yeah. The next person I have wrote very odd, yet interesting, but somehow I got lost in the plots, which I feel like is a very, very true statement. Oh yeah, we were lost. <laughs> I mean, if you don't have Stephen King's prior text. To tie you in to what is trying to be told to you in this movie. There's a lot of holes. There's right. a lot of things that are sort of skipped over or unexplained or sped through. So, yeah, that's the closest one, I think. Odd is a very good word for it. Mm-hmm. It's not good. So, Okay, so I have two more. Okay. The next one is, I believe that it in the movie is drugs or addictions that people may have. All I can say is I would not want to be Stephen King with that imagination. Hmm. And then the last one I have, all they wrote was bored. (laughs) Well, I'll say this. I got pretty bored a couple of times. Yeah. It did move along pretty quickly, though. So, like, if I was bored, it moved. Move to the next scene. I felt like as soon as quickly. I flipped over the DVD and had the last half, it was just like over well, before. Part I knew two it. definitely like sails right through. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if that's good or bad. I think it's good. It, which Which part did you like more? Um, I like the beginning part better. I would say this part is part two, the one with the dinner. I think it is. Yeah. I'm going to say because that is probably my favorite scene and they have the fun. No, you forgot actually, to mention the funny little effects with like the shells and stuff. I think whatever the dinner that is. is part one because oh. it ends with um, Stanley being dead. Right. Yeah. And then it starts with, um, I think, them at the um, library and that's where they see Stan's head. Stanley's head. Huh. Well, I feel like that's where it gets picked up. I think the dinner is in the first part. Well, whichever one has the dinner in it, yeah. that's the one that I liked more. Okay. <laughs> so I guess that's as close as I could get. I can't remember. I can't remember when I flipped. We, I mean, we went through it, but let's check it out. Dinner, where are you? Oh, yeah, it's in part two. Is it? Yeah. Okay, so... With all those uh, interesting insights, I, okay. Well, I'll say um, I disagree with the drug thing. Even though Stephen King was certainly on drugs at this point, mm-hmm. uh, but you can't tell that just from the movie. I don't think. No, I think that um, I think Pennywise is deeper than that. Mm. Uh, he's literally a being from an. Well, if you if you take the text as the Bible of the story, which you should, mm. uh, which the people that made this movie did not, did not no. uh, then he is some kind of being that is unknown to our world, who comes to our world to fuck shit up uh-huh. and eat kids. Eat things. <laughs> Mostly kids. Uh-huh. Cause a lot of havoc. Not even the whole kids. 
No. Just like parts of a kid. Yeah. Basically, cause as much suffering as possible, mm-hmm. and then hibernate like a clown bear. <laughs> Come back. Years. Yeah. Except he sleeps way longer yeah. than a bear does. Clown bear. Clown bear. <laughs> That's a scary image. Please, someone out there who has uh, abilities with like Photoshop or whatever, make a clown bear for clown us. Bear. We would love even a drawing of a clown bear. Ugh. If you made it this far in this podcast, then we yeah, deserve a clown, clown bear. bear. <laughs> they give us clown bear. <laughs> Just like I'm going to be watching the second part of the new version of it, hoping to God that they nail it. Mm-hmm. And give you turtle God. And give me that sweet, sweet turtle God. <laughs> Who, by the way, during the course of that battle, is eventually just like, man, you're on your own. <laughs> What kind of a turtle god is no, that? No, I mean, he's great. He's cool, and he helps out a little bit. But then he's like, at a certain point, he's like, ah, you, you got to do this. So he's cool. Hmm. Turtle god is pretty sweet. That's so weird. Oh, and also, I forgot to mention earlier, we're going to wrap this up soon, I, I promise, listeners. Right after this. Um, if you get to the end of it, and you are unsatisfied mm-hmm. with the way things wrap up. The book version. The book version. Okay. Um, or even the new it, if you're unsatisfied with that, uh, read more Stephen King because it is not the last time that we get Pennywise. Mm. So there isn't an it too, but Pennywise does return and, um, like I don't want to get into spoiler territory, Mm. so I'm not going to tell you what story. None, None that I've read. None that you've read. Uh, uh, I can't say it on mic. I can't. Okay. I can't throw that big of a spoiler out because it's a big spoiler mm. in one of, in a book, and I can't get any more specific than that. <laughs> See the Googles. Lot, he has a lot of books. I'll say this: it isn't one of his short stories. Okay. So, uh, that's as close as you're getting from me. Well, it's none of the ones that I've read. Right. I don't think because that doesn't ring a bell at all. Yeah, it's. I know it's not one that you've read. So because I'm very, I'm very particular about what like his books that I mm. read. I'm usually not into the horror horror. I, yeah. I like more of the sci-fi. Yeah. Type. So that's what I usually stick to. Damn, I wish I could get into more detail yeah. on Mike, but I can't. I'll tell you off, Mike. Okay. Uh, guys, thank you, girls. Thank you yeah, for listening. Thank you. We appreciate you. Um, go enjoy the movie. Go enjoy the movie. Why did you listen to this before you watched it? Or why did you not watch we it? We just ruined it. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. So many spoilers <laughs> all the way through. Um, again, we appreciate you. We love you. Come back and join us again for season two. Season two of Castle Rock. And, you know, we may get, you know, crazy and decide to cover another Stephen King thing before the new season starts because we don't have any idea when the next season is going to start. And when we find out and it's way down the line, we'll be like, well, we got to do another podcast in between now. Mm -hmm. Cause if it's like game of Thrones ish where they're like, we're going to take three years or even, I might be exaggerating. Even like Westworld or American God. Oh yeah. They're taking their sweet time. Yeah. Like finally American gods is coming back on. Yeah. So until then, Listen to the other watchers on the couch podcasts. 
Yeah, Watchers at the Movies. Watchers at the Movies. You guys did one on uh, the Harry Potter sequel. One of the Harry Fantastic Potter. Fantastic Beasts. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. They just did uh, a Venom one. They just did a Venom one. They just did an Aquaman one. Mm-hmm. That was really good. So check out all those if you haven't listened to those. Listen to my other podcast with Jimmy Bacon and Nays. Jimbo. Jimmy Jimmeroonie. Um, that's all we got for you. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.